To the glory of God, to our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, blessed Holy Ghost that seals and secures us until the day of redemption. To my father in the ministry, Pastor Venice, who's absent today. So good that he invited me today. I was missing y'all. And so uh, I said, I said, that's a good, that's a good call that I got this week. To Sister Venice, I don't know if she's here or not, I don't see her. Uh, and to all of you, uh, it's good to be here this morning. Amen. My mom's with me. Hey, mom. Glad you can make it out today. Have your Bibles. I want you to run with me to the book of Acts. Acts, the 16th chapter. I want to begin reading at the 16th verse. Again, that's Acts, the 16th chapter. I want to begin reading at the 16th verse. When you found it, won't you say, I've got it? If you need a minute, say, wait a minute. All right. Give you some time. 16th chapter, Acts, right after the Gospels. You find Acts. You've got it? All right. I'm reading from the, the New King James Version. It reads this way. Now it, came, now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us who brought her master to much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. But Paul greatly annoyed turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And he came out that very hour. God, how we thank you for this opportunity to stand behind this sacred desk and to be able to declare your word. Now, God, remove me out of the way. It caused me not to get in the way of whatever it is that you're trying to do. God, use me as a vessel. Surprise me uh, today. God, take this sermon, take this, this little bit of sermon that I have and begin to multiply it. Uh, for your people. God bless it. Bring your Holy Spirit down and allow us to, to work in that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. For the time that we have to share together, I want to preach using as a subject, there is power in the name Jesus. Uh, you, you, you should have, you should have shouted right there. Uh, so I'll tell you one more time. Uh, uh, we're preaching about the power in the name Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, you'll catch it later. One of the most fascinating things that I've ever witnessed or seen was a ventriloquist performer. They say a good ventriloquist has the dual ability to completely change their voice and learn the art of speaking with their mouth closed Amen. while making the doll or puppet move in a synchronized rhythm that leads the audience to believe that the doll is talking all by itself. Amen. Originally, ventriloquism was a religious practice. The name comes from the Latin word ventor, which means belly, and loqui, which means speak. The Greeks called this, past, uh, this practice, excuse me, gastromonancy, suggesting that the voice heard was produced by voices that lived within the stomach. 
They thought these voices were ones from the dead who took up residence in the, in the ventriloquist's stomach. They believed that the ventriloquist would interpret the sounds and be able to communicate with the dead and be able to give prophecy and speak because they had people with inside of them giving them what it is that God was supposedly saying. Uh, one of the earliest records of this group um, was uh, known as Pythia or, or Pythia, uh, the priest of, of the Apollo in the Delphic uh, place in, in, uh, in Greece, uh, where the Delphic oracle, uh, where Apollo was worshiped as a god. Uh, in Greece, Apollo was, uh, was a god, and so they worshiped him as the god of music and the god of, of art and the god of poetry and the god of medicine and the god of, of the sun. And so in the 18th century, uh, ventriloquists made a shift from uh, uh, the manifestation of spiritual forces to what we know today as entertainment. And while the religion of ventriloquism has been eradicated, these practices still exist today. Because the devil has the ability to possess and influence men and women with demonic uh, uh, spirits and make their voice and use their voice and their body to do and accomplish his agenda. And can I tell you the reason why your boss may be acting the way he's acting is not because of him, but it's because the devil has influenced him to act that way. That's why the cashier and the grocery store acts the way that they do, because the devil has taking possession over them. That's why uh, people come with attitudes and act all kinds of ways because the devil influences and takes possession of them and leads them to act as if they're being controlled by something else. And I wonder today, have you ever uh, felt like demonic forces was influencing you? Uh, was influencing your mind? What was influencing your action, what was influencing your, your speech, that, that, that you was trying to get it off, but you felt like something was holding on to you, trying to lead you to do the wrong thing. Can I tell you, the, the agenda of the enemy is to steal, kill, and destroy. All right, the enemy wants uh, to kill anybody he can't use. He wants to steal your joy, he wants to steal your peace, and he wants to steal your desire of God because he desperately wants to destroy the relationship between you and Jesus so he can have access to your soul. The real reason why the devil or the enemy is upset with you is because God had a plan for salvation for you and not for him when he got kicked out of heaven all those years ago. And so he said, God, if they can get to heaven, I'm going to do everything in my power to keep them from getting to the place that you have for them. And that's why the devil attacks you so much because the devil is concerned about your eternal future. He knows that God has made a plan and a way for you and that you got a mansion in the sky and he's trying to keep you from getting to where God has called you and called you from and called you to be. So today I come on divine assignment to let you know there is power in the name Jesus. Yeah. There we go. There's wonder working power in the name Jesus. 
There's so much power in his name that demons tremble. That there's power in his name that when we use his name, whatever that comes up against us has got to fall. I dare somebody to shout Jesus in this place. Hallelujah. In that name, we got power. Tonight, I invite you to, to look at our text. We find Paul, Luke, uh, Timothy, and Silas headed to prayer uh, down by the river uh, where Paul met Lydia. And this place of prayer is significant because this is where Paul and the crew shared the gospel uh, and, and converted people from Judaism to Christianity. Uh, who believed in God but did not accept his son, Jesus, as Lord and Savior. And can I tell you, it's a very dangerous thing when somebody believes in a God but not Jesus. Uh, 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 uh. Because only believing in a God limits you to the power and the plan uh, and have access to salvation. Just believing in God is problematic because there's a ton of gods. Uh, Apollo was considered a god. Allah is considered a god. Buddha is considered a god. Confucius is considered a god. The devil is considered a god. Jay-Z is considered a god. There's so many gods. But there's only one God who has a son named Jesus who died on Calvary's cross and rose three days later with all power. All power in his hand. And our text is set uh, a few years after the, re uh, excuse me, the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus into heaven. Uh, uh, and with this departure, when Jesus left and ascended into heaven, he left the Holy Spirit, uh, which is uh, our comforter and our guide. And the text says, while they were headed to prayer, they met a woman who had the spirit of divination. As they were headed to pray, as they were headed to evangelize, as they were headed there, perhaps this lady who had this spirit had her own agenda. Perhaps this was the place where she uh, heard the people crying out to God and understanding what it is that they needed and would tell them that everything's going to work out and that they're going to become be debt free and they're going to be able to have a house and they're going to be able to have a, a, a car, a horse, or whatever that is. Maybe this was the place where she would, would give them answers to their prayer for money. Let me park right there for a second. Um, uh, this was the place where she would go and hear their prayers and tell them, listen, I can answer your prayer faster than God can answer your prayer. Matter of fact, I'm going to give you information about your situation better than you. And we got to understand this morning how the spirit of divination works. It, it appears to be a tool of liberation, but works as a tool of bondage, working with demonic forces uh, to give limited information. 
Uh, what, what are you saying? What I'm saying is that uh, the, 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 the divination spirit, the demon-possessed uh, spirit communicates with other demons that's been assigned to the outside of the head switch of protection that God has instituted for us. And the demon watches and studies everything that you do. And he, and he looks at you and he seeks you and he tries to watch. He tries to devour you. He goes to and fro, but he cannot have access to you. And the spirit of divination works to give you information about what's going on within the headsman so that you would step outside of the will of God and the plan and the purpose that God has for your life. This, this, this spirit of divination uh, gives information, prediction about life problems that's consistent within your reality in order to satisfy your psychological dilemmas uh, while setting your soul up for destruction. Yeah. Di divination enslaves you because it drives you to seek the devil for information and not God for revelation. Because the devil can tell you what it is, but God can tell you who, why, what, when, where, and how it's going to get you to where it is that you got to get you to. All right? That's why we got to be careful uh, who it is that we listen to. Because everybody that, that stands in a pulpit with a microphone ain't sent from God. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but the devil got bishops, pastors, apostles, first ladies, all kinds of stuff running rapid throughout the church. And they operate in the spirit of divination, and their word from the pulpit is inspired by the devil and not the Holy Spirit, and it pulls people into emotionalism and praises for things and not God of the things. You have no business worshiping your house, no business worshiping your car, no business worshiping your job, no business worshiping your money, but you can worship the God who made a way for you out of nowhere. You can worship the God that provided the house for you. You can worship the God that made ways for you. You can worship the God that blessed you with the bank account. You can worship the God that blessed you with the clothes that you put on your back. God said, I don't want the stuff, but I want you to give me praises for the stuff that I've given you. Have no business praising God for stuff or praising stuff. We, we have to praise our God. So, in this season, I, I believe, I firmly believe that there's a spirit of divination running rapid throughout the church uh, that, that's targeting, here it is, our millennials. All right? Uh, because uh, my generation... Uh, we rather Google information than spend time praying and asking God for revelation. And so when we Google information, we got to learn how to figure out how to sort the information. And it gives us a quick answer to our problem. But that may not be the answer that God wanted to give you. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. I see you, young people. So God says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I, 
I knew who you were going to be connected to. I knew all of that stuff. How dare you go seek the devil for information? When I can give you access to revelation. Revelation will change the picture and the circumstance of your life. Uh, let, let me come to your living room. Have you ever uh, been in a situation where you ain't had no money? Uh, you ain't had, had nothing. You didn't know how you was going to make it out of the situation. But God said, listen, I'm going to make a way for you. Go here and do that. Uh, and then when you went here and you did that, God said, here I am. Boom, there it is. That's revelation. God said, I want to give you revelation. But revelation, you have to be aligned to God's will. The devil does not want you in the will of God. He wants you to operate outside of God's will so that he can have access to you. If he can have access to you, he can kill you. If he can have access to you, he can destroy you. But long as you operate in the will of God, the devil has no access, no access to you. Problem is, a lot of us, uh, 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 a lot of uh, people uh, in, in the community are disconnected from churches that have sound doctrine. Uh, and attempts to run away from tradition. Uh, now, hymns and communion are fundamental. And I agree that methods in our church must change in order to reach a coming generation. I, I agree with that. I wholeheartedly believe in that. But some stuff, like communion and hymns, are fundamental to who it is that we are. And anytime you can go to a church and grab a beer, down the street, you know, at that Crossroads Church, there's something wrong. Not only is there something wrong with the church, but there's something wrong with you. Uh, there's something wrong when we can raise, when a church can raise millions of dollars for folk uh, and, and people in their congregation are hungry. There's something wrong when you can go to a church and they preach about what God can do and all this kinds of stuff, but never talk about what God can do for you and your life and get you to where it is that you got to go. There's something wrong. Something wrong with a church that, that does not mention the devil or spiritual warfare. There's something wrong when a church is worried about numbers and budgets and multi-sites but have no regard for the people's soul. Something's wrong when we go to a church that does not acknowledge the racial discrimination that happens and goes on and our country is against little black kids and black girls uh, at the hands of police but can raise millions of dollars for a heroin epidemic. There's something wrong. something wrong. And a lot of our people have left our churches to go give their tithe to those kinds of churches that have no regard for their soul. They don't know if you come to church. They don't care if you come to church. They just know if you're an online giver or an envelope giver. And then they suck in our young people with youth programs but have no regard for their soul. It's a sad day that we live in because uh, uh, we got to understand uh, that a part of this is our fault. 
got to understand the backlash that we see in the church is, is a result of us doing Sunday church and not real ministry. It's a result of us sweeping, sweeping issues under the rug. It's a result of sermons built on hooping. It's a result of not investing, investing back into the people that tie. It's a result of us being judgmental of those who struggle with their sexuality. It's a result of us being deeply rooted in tradition and positions and titles. It's a result of not doing ministry to the total man. It's a result of kicking the Holy Spirit out of the church and not accepting the gifts that come from the Holy Spirit. It's a result of saying women can't serve in ministry. It's a result of denomination you know, segregation, AME against CME, apostolic against God. It's a result of us sweeping issues under the rug. That's why people have abandoned the faith. That's why they're following uh, deceptive teachings because they're searching for something. Because we have nothing to offer but the same drama that happened in 1985. I don't care what happened in 1985. I got some issues in 2017 that I'm dealing with. And when I come to church, I'm coming to get my issues dealt with. I'm coming to get my praise on. I don't care who's in position, but I came to get a word from God. Uh. Came to get a word from God. Hallelujah. Ah. Reached a sad day. Reached a sad day in the church. But can I tell you there's hope in the name Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you know Jesus, don't you? The one that turned water into wine, the one that healed the woman with the issue of blood. This Jesus. We find hope in him. Uh, we find hope in him because he left us the Holy Spirit to be our comforter and to be our guide. And the Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity. And the Holy Spirit is the one that was left behind for us while God sat on the throne and Jesus ascended there and accomplished his assignment. He left us the Holy Spirit. And through the Holy Spirit, we have power to address demonic forces. Uh, because you do know a gun can't kill a spirit. A knife can't stab no spirit. Your car can't drive no spirit out. You can't smack no spirit out of nobody. But you got to use the name of Jesus. All right. Now, now, let me tell you. There's some people who use the name Jesus but does not have access to the Holy Spirit. All right? They, they use the name, but they have a different spirit. They, 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 they use his name because it sounds good, but they don't have access to the power. Because they deny that the Holy Spirit is a part of Jesus and God in the Trinity. So, 
We got to be careful when we hear people saying, Jesus, 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 because them demons will say, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? Happened in our Bible. Sons of Sceva, he said, listen, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? So we got to make sure that we are in the right spirit, in the Holy Spirit, when we address demonic activity because the demonic activity will end up beating and taking over us if we sit around trying to play and mess with a spirit not operating in the Holy Spirit. Got to understand that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're spiritual, and we have to be equipped with the whole armor of God. We're going to deal with this spirit. We're going to deal in the spiritual realm. We got to make sure, choir, that we're saved. You, you can't be unsaved trying to handle no demon. You've got to make sure that you have a secured relationship with Christ. Not only that, but you have to be rooted and grounded in prayer. Prayer is a lost art in the church. Uh, we, we only like to pray uh, uh, in case of emergency. Uh, God, if you can ever get me out of this, I, I won't do it again. But as long as everything is going well, we have no regard for prayer. But without prayer, there is no power. Without prayer, there is no power. You cannot have access to the power unless you pray. All right. Got to be rooted and grounded in prayer. Huh. So prayer and being saved gives you access to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me, let me rearrange that. That gives the, the Holy Spirit access to you for the Holy Spirit to be able to operate in you to do the work concerning what it is that God wants to do in other people's life. All right? Now, there are some gifts that come from the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There is wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, prophecy, tongues of speaking, tongues of interpretation, the spirit of discernment. All right? Those are, those are the gifts that, 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 that we get from operating or operating within the Holy Spirit. Now, in our text, Paul operates in the spirit of discernment, all right? Uh, because the text says Paul is grieved by this spirit. Uh, so he recognizes the spirit. Uh, uh, the text shows that he recognized it immediately because it said it went on for days. But he didn't say nothing about it. So discernment will cause you to recognize things and people who are not operating in the Holy Spirit. All right? Huh. For many will come in the name Jesus, but will have a different spirit. 
And when you operate in this gift of discernment, you'll be able to see spirits and identify spirits that are attached to places and people. Because you do know there are regional spirits that occupy the land and we, we'll be able to operate and discern what those spirits are in order to be able to properly deal with them but we have to be in the spirit of discernment. One of the fundamental problems that I have with this text is that Paul was the only one that recognized that this woman had the spirit divination. You do some digging, you see Paul, Luke, and, and Silas, and all of them were hanging out. But Paul, the leader, was the only one that recognized the spirit. I would have been all right if it said, and they recognized the spirit. But it said that Paul recognized the spirit. And I guess I ought to park right here for a little while. It's a sad shame when the pastor, when the leader, when the deacons are the only one that operate in the gift of discernment. The same Holy Spirit that resides in them resides in you. And you have access to, the, to all the gifts of the Spirit, but you got to activate them with prayer. You don't come to church expecting them to have faith for you, but you got to have faith for yourself. The text reveals to us something very interesting. That this evil spirit was talking and telling a form of the truth. All right, let me see if I can help you out here. Had a form of the truth. These men are the son, most high God, come to give us the plan to salvation. Form of the truth, right? The problem was that the spirit did not acknowledge Jesus as the plan, but suggested that Paul was the plan. Y'all see that? Suggested that Paul was the plan. And so he's going around yapping, these men uh, are the plan to salvation. That's not true. But they were from God. So after a couple of days, Paul said, all right, I'm done dealing with this spirit. I, I can't take it no more. Uh, but the interesting thing about this is that even though the spirit gave a form of the truth, the spirit recognized the power of the Holy Spirit that resided in Paul. All right, let me bring you to Mark chapter 5. In Mark chapter 5, there was a man possessed in the tomb, and it, and it ran when it saw Jesus. The man ran by way of the spirit that it was possessed by, and the spirit fell down into a posture of worship. Did not, in fact, worship, but it was submitted to the authority and the power of Jesus. So when this spirit came across Paul, it was now submitted to the authority and the power of Paul, and the spirit knew that it was borrowed on limited time because he knew what Paul's assignment was, and that was to rebuke him. All right? And so Paul is here and said, I rebuke you, spirit, because I'm done with you, 
in the name Jesus. Hey, he said, listen, I, I rebuke you in the name Jesus because he couldn't take that spirit badgering and talking and doing all that kind of stuff. So he used the name Jesus. All right. Uh, and so that lets us know that there is power in the name Jesus. All right, let me see if I can bring this all together now. The situations that you're dealing with, the things that have influence over you that are not from God, the problems and the circumstances and all of that stuff uh, that is not from God, your power is not in the name of your bank account, but your power is in the name Jesus. All right? Uh, you should have shouted. Uh, perhaps you're not dealing with anything. Perhaps the devil has not been bothering you. Perhaps you don't have no issues going on. Perhaps you don't have no change that's trying to bind you. Perhaps you go to sleep at night and you don't wake up in the middle of the night. Perhaps you have not been in pain all night long. But can I tell you there's power in the name Jesus. All right? Because anything, let me tell you this, anything that, that God creates, the devil tries to imitate. So the devil says, listen, I can give you all of this stuff if you leave this power alone. But Jesus overpowers the devil. And the same power that he has, we have through the Holy Spirit. Now, now where they are, they're in Philippi. Philippi is a prominent city. They, they're like the bougie folk out in um, Indian Hill. And um, they kind of believe in, you know, God. They, they just kind of searching here and there. Oh, they just kind of like floaters, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, I know who God is. Yeah, of course, right? They're here in Philippi. And, and this spirit of divination was taking residence in the region of Philippi. And if you keep on reading, Luke uh, becomes a pastor or an apostle in Philippi. He, he has a church in Philippi. And so Paul went to prepare the way for Luke to pastor by using the name Jesus. All right, let me bring that all back to you and I'm out of here. Uh, Jesus, somebody is preparing the way for you in the spiritual realm by using the name Jesus in order to give you access to the place and the place and the place that God is getting ready to take you to. And you got to be able to align yourself in the will of God to understand that there's a place better than this place, that God has a place for you to go, and there is power in the name Jesus. All right, I'm going to give it to you one more time. There's so much power in the name Jesus that demons got to tremble. And if demons got to tremble, people on your job got to tremble. And the people on your job got to tremble, people in your home got to tremble because there's power in the name Jesus. I don't know what issues that you're going through. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know if you couldn't sleep last night. I don't know what it is, but there's power in the name Jesus. I want you to get this because that's my sermon right there, that there's power in the name Jesus. I want you to take that home with you, that there's so much power in the name Jesus. Jesus, that it has no authority over you when you use the name Jesus. Now, if you believe it, I need somebody to shout Jesus. I need you to believe what you're shouting. What's his name? Jesus. 
That's who you got your power and you better keep on calling his name until those chains break. I dare to keep on calling his name. What's his name? What's his name? That's where your power is. That's where your strength is. That's where your help comes from. In his name. What's his name? You can shout a lot of than that. I need somebody to believe it, that when they call on his name, that things are going to happen in their life. What's his name? Oh, come on. You better do it on your own now. What's his name? Come on, keep on shouting his name. Jesus. Come on, this is the atmosphere of change that when you shout his name, that when you call his name, you put the devil on notice. Now, can I tell you how to get rid of the strongholds that you've been dealing with? Tell that devil, devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Come on, I wish I had a whole church to shout it back with Devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You can't have my family. Devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Devil, you can't have our children. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Devil, you can't have my family. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Sickness can't have no control over me. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I release you in the name of Jesus. I wish I had somebody just to shout Jesus up in this place. I wish I had somebody here just to shout Jesus. Jesus. In the morning, Jesus. In the midnight hours, Jesus. Jesus all night long, Jesus. There's something about the name Jesus. I wish I had somebody here that could shout Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now listen, listen. Uh, God wants to break some stuff that's been assigned to you. God, God wants to break some stuff. There's an opportunity right here, right now for God to break some stuff. Grab your neighbor's hand. I'm telling you, it's getting ready to happen right now. Grab your neighbor's hand. Grab your neighbor's hand. Grab your neighbor's hand. I'm grabbing the neighbor's hand too. Listen. Listen. All right. Grab your neighbor's hand. Grab you got your neighbor's hand? Everyone standing. Everyone stand up. Stand up because it's going to happen right here. Grab your neighbor's hand right here. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Y'all ready? Now this, I need some, I need some praisers and I need some worshipers. Because we get ready to shift the atmosphere with our praise and our worship. I want you to repeat after me. Devil, I rebuke you in the name Jesus. You can't have my family. You can't have my husband. You can't have my kids. You can't have my job. Devil, I rebuke you in the name Jesus. I ain't going home sick no more. Devil, I rebuke you in the name Jesus. In the name Jesus, please get ready to have Jesus. 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 Now, if you believe it, I dare to give God some praise. Come on. Right here. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, don't you stop. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Chains are falling. Hallelujah. Strongholds are breaking. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. That's our power in his name. That's our power in his name. Hallelujah. 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 I hear some chains breaking. Hallelujah. Some strongholds are breaking. Hallelujah. My God, sickness is leaving right now. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Glory. Glory to God. Uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In his name. That's our strength. Yes. Hallelujah. Then when we use that name and we're in the right spirit, miracles happen. <laughs> Don't you know you're standing next to a miracle right now? Every day you look at somebody, you're looking at a miracle. Yeah. This is the atmosphere where things can change. I just want you to go into worship and begin to pray to your God about your situation, about your neighbor's situation. And I want you to pray and I want you to worship. I just want you to just tell God all about your problem because the devil wants to keep you quiet. But I'm telling you, when you open up your mouth with a room full of people that's praying,